Welcome to The Last Word on the Crosstalk Messages podcast. Every week we take a last look at the message from the most recent Crosstalk. Enjoy this short conversation and stay tuned for the full message directly after. Hello and welcome to The Last Word. My name is JD. We are going to be switching it up a little bit this morning and today I have with me Cam. Hey guys. And Johnny. Hello there. It's good to be with you guys, kind of the last time we get together as a Crosstalk team before the Christmas break. And and I figured that because it's the last time we get together here this semester, that maybe the the most fun thing for us to do is do a little bit of reflecting upon what we've done for the last 14 weeks. And so Mm -hmm. I just kind of wanted to start out with kind of a classically blanket Christian statement (laughs) and ask the question, what do you guys think is something out of all of the stuff that we've covered and talked about the conversations you guys have had in community groups and what we've talked, what we've done in the corporate gathering on Thursday nights, what do you guys feel like is something God has taught you so far this semester? Hmm. There's just so much. (laughs) There's just so much. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I would say for me, like something that immediately just comes to my mind is how he can't be anything but good. And uh, that covers everything with everyone in the crosstalk community, but also like into the deepest and most intimate parts of my relationship with with him. And from our foundation of um, really starting off with human beings are created in the Imago Dei, I feel like that was such a good refresher and like reminder for me Mm. to hear it so in depth, like over the series that we did, because, and um, actually at J High Encounter, we did different sessions and um, I actually got to speak on creation. And um, it was cool because when I was up there, I really tried to emphasize like Imago Dei, like you were Mm -hmm. created in the image of God. And I was looking, as I was looking at all of the middle school students, I just wanted them to get it. Like I just wanted mm-hmm. them to understand yeah. that this is their inherent worth and value and no other human being can define what that is. They know because God created them and because they are created in God's image, they can have dignity and worth and value. And I wanted them to get that. Like I was looking at them and I was like, guys, I just want you to understand this so yeah. badly yeah. Um, before we get to anything else. And I think like that's maybe like a small hint and a small picture of how God looks at us and says, I just Mm -hmm. want you to get this. I want you to understand this first fundamental piece so much because I love you so much and this should be your foundation. Absolutely. I mean, everything else in our world vies uh, for the attention to tell us what we're worth and what our value is. And as soon as we begin to start finding that in our own likeness to the creator God, that Mm -hmm. transforms the way that we enter into those spaces. No longer am I looking for your approval, Cam, when I say something on a Thursday night, or Mm -hmm. I'm looking to my own accomplishments, whether that's educationally or vocationally to determine my worth or my value. Mm -hmm. My value is set. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And once I get that, I, I feel like all the pressure in the world is off mm-hmm. because it's not performance-based anymore. Yeah. That's that's really cool. How about you, Johnny? Yeah, I think the thing that struck me the most was how God is the creator. Mm-hmm. And mostly with that, it's just how vast he is yeah. and how despite my differences in opinion with him, despite how many people don't believe in him, despite no matter what goes on in the world— it doesn't change the fact that he still created this earth and he created me and he created the person that rejects him their whole life. And it just doesn't change the fact that not only did he create all of us and everything, but that he uh, deemed what is, how Cam said, like our worth. And he deemed what is good. He deemed what is bad. And nothing changes that Mm -hmm. um, no matter what. And so I think that just that reiteration of 
how powerful and in control he is, um, no matter what the circumstance. It yeah. was just really like echoed, I think, through all the messages. Mm-hmm. And it just reminded me of how like I can't, you know, be like trying to say what I think God should like be doing in my life. Like it doesn't matter. Like I'm just like able to really sit and be like, okay, he's in control. Let me just learn more about him. Make sure yeah. I'm like, you know, yeah. lining up correctly with him and mm-hmm. um, just learning more about him. It's mm-hmm. really awesome. Yeah, I I know. Uh, I, I was actually before you even said the word control. That was the thing that kept coming to my mind: mm-hmm. is am I in control? Is there no control whatsoever? Well, ultimately, God is in control, and there's mm-hmm. a peace and a comfort that comes from knowing that because mm-hmm. then again. The pressure's off. Yeah. I don't have to control mm-hmm. or manage my own life. Actually, my own life is unmanageable. There's mm-hmm. a lot of things I can't control in my own life. Yeah. Something I thought about with that too, and something that came to my mind, is I feel like for me, like the Lord has really been teaching me that I cannot control or manipulate outcomes of situations or <laughs> people's perceptions of me. That's just not like what he calls us to do. It's not what he's asking me to do. And like, not only do I not trust in his sovereignty in that, but then I also just put the pressure on myself and then I act like the little God of my life in doing that. Totally. And when we seek to grasp control, Mm -hmm. we fail to recognize that God is the ultimate creator and sustainer of our life Mm -hmm. and that he has a purpose and a plan for all of the stuff that happens to us. I mean, Johnny, that is, that is such a profound, both of those reflections are really profound. Now, we we have touched on, kind of over the course of the semester, I realized like some pretty high-level thinking, some high-level topics, and there might be some lingering questions that kind of bubble up for you guys or for people in Crosstalk. Are, is there a question that has kind of bubbled to the surface that you're like, I need a little bit of clarity, or I just don't know. This is something that I'm processing through still at the at the back end of the semester. I mean, yeah, we did go through some really tough, or not tough, but just controversial topics. Mm-hmm. Um, they were all very like black and white, like of what they were mm-hmm. and where in the Bible they talked about. So, I guess a question that could come up is that we see lots of different denominations. You know, you just go mm-hmm. up north, and there's quite a few churches that I'm like, whoa, like mm-hmm. that's very different yeah, from totally. what we see here. And so, a lot of people are probably like, so do they just not look at the verses that we read, like in Genesis? Um, so, how would you say, like, I guess, what is the dividing factor as to like why we see different churches? Is it because they're just being like, oh, we're not going to look at these verses in the front? Or is it because they're interpreting them differently? Or what do you think it is? I think it's ultimately a difference in interpretation. Um, I think that one of the things, if you look at the history of denominations, you have the the first denominational split, you could say, is the divide between uh, the Catholic Church, where the authority is either in Constantinople or in Rome. And so you see the great schism there that happens. So you start there, and that's the division of the two Catholic churches or Orthodox churches. Then you see from there, you have the Reformation where the Protestant church splits out of the Catholic church. And then from there, you continue to split and split and split. Well, ultimately, all of those things come down to either faith practice and interpretation. And so when you see uh, the difference between some of our denominational things that are going on, and now you're actually seeing splits within denominations, which creates even more confusion for us, is ultimately a difference in interpretation. Um, when the authority for interpreting the scriptures lies in each one of us and we emphasize the work of the Holy Spirit that illuminates us and brings us into all truth, 
That means that you and I have the possibility of disagreeing, Johnny, in terms of how we interpret the way that we read those scriptures. And so I think when you go back to that, when you think about the denominational spectrum, it's largely a difference in interpretation. And um, those things, I think, have the tendency when we hold very firmly to our camp, this is what is true and this is what I believe, we oftentimes enter into an adversarial relationship with other churches and other denominations. And the reality is there's supposed to be unity and diversity. Um, we see that the, the church of Jesus Christ is worldwide, that it's gonna come from every people and nation and tongue. And when that happens, we're broken and sinful human beings, which means we're gonna disagree in the midst of that. And what we come back to is, what does the Bible say about who God is and the truth of who Jesus is? And if we can agree on those foundational principles, there's a lot of freedom for us to find unity and diversity. And so let's land in that camp as opposed to this adversarial, I'm against you, you're against me, one of us has to win, one of us has to be right. Okay, what is the truth of the gospel? Who does God say he is? Let's fall on that and then let's cooperate. Let's work together. Oftentimes those things are, are emphasized to the point at which we allow those to keep us out of relationship with one another. And churches out of relationship with one another mean that we are not uh, fully being a force for Christ in our in our neighborhoods and in our schools. And so that's why um, we'll bring this home. The Wimberley Minister, Ministerial Alliance is so important because mm -hmm. it's all of the churches in Wimberley working together to meet the needs of our community. Mm -hmm. The same thing exists in San Marcos. It's the same reason I get together with all of the college pastors on the campus of Texas State every Wednesday morning because we are in this together to reach our campus to change our city and a country and a world. And so let's come together. That doesn't mean that we're all the same, mm -hmm. but how about we find unity in the truth of the gospel? Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Um, and I think something too, like that I've thought about and like kind of realized as I've stepped into college and been surrounded by more like denominations, because I'm from East Texas. And so it's like a lot of Baptists, a lot of like, <laughs> like a specific kind of denomination and something I think that's beautiful about the different denominations because I think we can see it as like a dividing thing, but each denomination like has their convictions on certain things that are non-essentials. And that's a beautiful part of why they're different. Um, for example, like with with baptism, like drinking or Baptists, drinking is like not as not as common and like, especially with like pastors, but that's what they see fit and that's what they feel is the most glorifying to the Lord in their personal life. And like, mm -hmm. With each one, I think it can be seen as like a beautiful thing and like different different convictions for the same God, the same God who sent his son down to die for us. So that's kind of how I like have come to think of it a little bit more. Yeah, how about you, Cam? Is there still like uh, maybe a lingering question as a result of maybe some of the stuff that we've covered um, this semester for you? Yeah. Uh... I know I'm asking you to like <laughs> distill this down to a single question. So there, there's a lot to process on the spot. Hmm. Mine isn't like as so much about like what we've talked about, but like mm -hmm. what we've talked about has like brought up this question for me. Yeah. Um, so as believers in Jesus Christ and as um, believers in the gospel and God's word, um, I feel like, because we talked about like judgment a lot this semester mm -hmm. of like judging people and judging people who were created in the Imago Dei. And then... Um, differently, like holding 
people who love Jesus also to a standard mm-hmm. um, and like that difference. But I think in my mind, sometimes it can get a little bit like muggy. Like it mm-hmm. can be this like line where I'm like, okay, at this point with the situation right now, I can't tell if this is like truly putting on a cap of judgment towards someone or if this is truly like evaluating it against the word of God and seeing like, or is this like holding someone to a standard? I guess like yeah. in my mind, that's something I'm still like struggling with. Totally. Johnny, do you have any kind of thoughts on how you've made that distinction between, uh, let's call it accountability mm-hmm. and judgment? Yeah. Yeah, that's a great question. And I remember touching on that uh, over the summer. Mm-hmm. And the first thing I always think of is how Jesus uh, kind of like tells us how to deal with like a brother that is going against God's word. And so this is like a Christian with a Christian. And so this is like me and my like very close friend. And I noticed that he is, you know, doing things that are just not biblical. Mm -hmm. And so it says like, go up to him one-on-one and, you know, talk with him about it. Be like, dude, what's going on? Like, Mm -hmm. this isn't right. And so then if he doesn't change after that, then um, it just like almost has these like steps as to Mm -hmm. like, totally keep going, Mm -hmm. keep going, bringing in more and more accountability and people uh, to deal with it. And then at the end, it says, treat him like a tax collector, which is to love him, Mm -hmm. you know? And so that's what Jesus did. But if it's someone that's like not, you know, Christian, that's where it does get tricky where you're like, well, we can't hold them to the standard of the Bible if they're not claiming to live as a standard Mm -hmm. of the Bible. But I don't think there should be like this uh, lack of desire to at least try to point them in the right direction and just allowing them to just go astray Mm -hmm. like their whole life. Mm -hmm. Um, But maybe just in very subtle ways, like show, uh, I think, bold love. Yeah. That's that's like the the greatest accountability is showing them like who Jesus is through you. Mm -hmm. Um, And so just your life is the only Bible someone might read. That's Mm -hmm. a quote that I think I always am reminded by Mm -hmm. for people that are like non-believers and how to Mm -hmm. keep them accountable is just like living that example. Yeah, that's so good. Absolutely. I think uh, several weeks ago, Cam, you made the statement replacing judgment with curiosity. Mm -hmm. And I think that that needs to flavor all of this conversation, which is we need to replace our reaction of whether we're frustrated, whether we're judgmental, whether we are just angry, whether we don't understand, replace that with curiosity. Mm -hmm. When we start asking questions and seeking first to understand, Mm -hmm. then our judgment and those negative emotions are often replaced with love. Yeah, Um, It it helps us to humanize a person. And I do think, uh, as, as we've talked about, we need to make the distinction between judgment and accountability. And so we're not called to judge. God is the ultimate judge. Mm -hmm. And so when we have um, somebody who is not a professing follower of Jesus, that's not our place. Mm -hmm. Only just about probably what we're doing. Wow, that was a lot of like qualifiers there. Um, (laughs) I apologize. (laughs) We are reinforcing the narrative of Christians being judgmental and hypocritical. Yeah, When we enter in and we say, you're wrong and let me tell you how you're wrong, we need to love those people. Mm-hmm. And we can't, as you yeah. said, Johnny, hold somebody accountable to a, a standard to which they're not professing to hold themselves to. Mm-hmm. That, that's just kind of uh, ironic, really, is like, let me hold you to a standard that you don't know is the standard yeah. that like, is for your life. That, do, that, that doesn't right? make yeah. sense. And so I think you're absolutely right. We do, and the key distinction there between in just loving people who are outside of the church, who haven't said yes to Jesus, is that doesn't mean that we then participate in all of the things that they're doing. 
Mm-hmm. Our act of love is not to say, you know what? I'm just going to start living the way that you're living and hopefully you come to know Jesus. No, we still live our life according to how we know Jesus would would live. Mm-hmm. And so let's do that. So it's not to acquiesce to their lifestyle or the, their beliefs, but it is to, to demonstrate great care and love in their life uh, without yeah. compromising ourselves in that. And then for those of us who are within the church, those of us who have said yes to Jesus, yes, there is a level of accountability. The Bible Mm -hmm. tells us that we are to hold our brothers and sisters accountable to that. And so going to somebody, and I think still oftentimes where church hurt comes in is, you're Johnny, you are following Jesus, I'm following Jesus. I see something in your life that is not indicative of you following Jesus. So I come in and I still hit you with judgment. Mm -hmm. Well, now I'm just creating church hurt for you. Mm-hmm. And so how about we do that in a way that, that is empathetic still, that mm-hmm. is um, not uh, creating division, but is something that is really, truly loving. Um, yeah. and, and that is uh, really, I think, the distinction between judgment and accountability and how mm-hmm. we are to handle those given situations. Okay, we've gone on for a while, but I do have uh, kind of one final question for you guys. And that's just something that you guys are maybe looking forward to for next semester. Is there um, anything that you're just excited to see? I know I haven't, we haven't even talked about curriculum or what we're going to do, but just stuff that you generally get excited about for the spring or that you're looking forward to personally with Crosstalk. I'm looking forward to just greater involvement with everyone. Like I think just leaders are going to be given a lot more like opportunities to serve and, I don't know, just like be out there, you know, doing things for the homeless, being out there, like pushing themselves to Mm -hmm. go to outreach and like Cam and I pushing ourselves to, I think just growing in like spiritual disciplines is like Mm -hmm. a big thing that I'm looking forward to that Mm -hmm. I think I'll see, that we'll all see like just this great growth in. Hmm. Mm -hmm. I always, always look forward to what we're going to be learning and what we're going to be talking about. (laughs) But like, More than that, what makes me excited about it is the conversations I get to have with people at community group Mm -hmm. and just how much I get to in like my one-on-ones and just like in groups, wherever, like the the situation and circumstances. I feel like it just creates a lot of great conversation um, Mm -hmm. and community with one another. And that's always what I look forward to is just the deep relationship with people. Absolutely. I I very much look forward to, yeah, the ministry stuff that we're going to do, the way that it's going to call us into a new way of living and orienting our life in terms of outreach, in terms of community, in terms of studying God's word together. I look forward to what we're going to study in the spring. All of those things are things that I very much look forward to. And I look forward to the surprising move of God that we can't plan for. And that's something that I take a lot of hope and rest and peace in is that we as Crosstalk, we got a lot of plans. We do a lot of stuff. We, we, we do our best to execute those sorts of things with a high degree of excellence, but we can't plan or predict that what God wants to do. And so I'm excited to see what God does in our midst that we could never even imagine. So yeah. as you guys finish out the semester, um, have a great Christmas break. Um, we Thank will you. see you guys at the start of, I guess it's almost midway through January by the time that yeah, we're back. It'll but be a while. Yeah, enjoy a Christmas break. Go get some rest post-finals, and we'll see you guys in a few weeks. Peace. Peace.